Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 138 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 138 of Wrestle gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Motor Center in Portland, Oregon. And this is the first time that WWE's won Portland since before the pandemic, over two and a half years ago, when NXT TakeOver went down live in that very building, the last true blue takeover inside of a major arena besides Stand and Deliver this past April in Dallas, Texas. This was a hot crowd last night. I remember there was a period in 2019 when WWE drew very poorly in the Pacific Northwest, but that has changed with SmackDown and Monday Night Raw going down in Seattle and Portland over the last few days. And the ratings are very strong for Raw and SmackDown as of last week because they went through a lot of preemptions due to the NFL preseason and Serena Williams farewell at the U.S. Open over the last couple of weeks in New York City, which drew record ratings for ESPN for that tournament. So we got a full scope of how big SmackDown down can be minus serious sports competition for now which will pick up with the beginning of the MLB playoffs and the return of the NBA next month and we got to talk about the return of regular schedule programming across all the major networks starting in the next week or two Smackdown should remain fairly strong as for Monday Night Raw it's been smooth sailing for the last month or so it will get tested via Monday Night Football which is back on ESPN and the two with Peyton and Eli's coverage covering the game from a different angle with special guests which was a huge draw last year on ESPN2. The Emmy Awards also aired on NBC last night, but ratings for award shows have taken a hit during the pandemic. I don't expect a strong number that would impact WWE that much, but we're going to get a fair assessment of how they hold up against Monday Night Football for the next four months. And the good news is they've built up some goodwill to say, hey, we can check out the show, see what's going on for the first couple of hours. The third hour trails off, but it doesn't collapse as much as it used to. We will see when the ratings drop later today how this show fares against Monday Night Football. That is going to be the parameter for the next four months. Then it'll be smooth sailing heading into WrestleMania and they will be up, 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 up if the product continues to improve along the way. But without further ado, let's take a deep dive into last night's Monday Night Raw, which kicked off with Seth freaking Rollins coming out, dancing, looking sharp as ever. And the fans love him. They sing his theme song. He shouts out Portland, calls our Whip City the home of the Portland Trailblazers. And he notes that I have put Matthew Riddle in the rear view. I curb stomped his ass to clash at the castle, won my match. He wants a rematch. And I politely decline because I'm moving on. The fans demand a rematch. And Seth shuts them down, goes, heel on them which leads to Riddle coming out to start a fight with Rollins once again referees and security break things up which leads to Judgment Day's Damian Priest and Finn Balor coming out to confront Riddle as they're going to recruit him to join Judgment Day and I had to laugh at Finn calling Riddle bro repeatedly to kiss up to him and Damian Priest tells Riddle we've known each other for a long time and we know what it's like to be up and coming stars in WWE and then have these people knock you down a peg or two and we want to offer support and protection on your behalf. So if you're with Judgment Day, you're good. If you're not, then that means you're against us and that's not a good thing for you. And Riddle politely declines and Finn Balor says, I know that the laws are a little looser here and your mind might be a little bit foggy with 420 on the brain. So please reconsider or else. Riddle does not reconsider. He wipes out Finn Balor with a knee strike. He takes out Damian Priest by sitting him over the top rope. As we go to commercial break, we come back and it's Matthew Riddle versus Finn Balor. A very good match with Riddle on offense early on. 
with a knee strike to Finn, followed by a couple of government suplexes and a Broton for a near fall. But Finn regains control thanks to an assist from Damian Priest at ringside as he drops Riddle with an elbow drop on the hardest part of the ring, you guessed it, the ring apron, as we go to commercial break. We come back and finish the working over Riddle for a bit, but Riddle fights back with a Pele kick, more suplexes, and a floating bro on the outside that wipes out Priest and Finn Balor at the exact same time. Another Priest distraction leads to Finn dropping him with another headlock elbow drop. Rey Mysterio flies into the frame and sends Priest into the ring post, and then he flies over the barricade with Priest as a brawl in the crowd as the fan pops at Ray causing a distraction on Riddle's behalf. And that distraction leads to Riddle dropping Finn with the BTO, the bro to sleep, followed by a German suplex with a bridge for a near fall. Goes up top for the floating bro. Finn gets his knees up and he's going to deliver a shotgun drop kick in the corner and lands the coup de gras, or so he thinks. He rolls through as Riddle moves out of the way and he's going to drop Finn with a draping DDT. He's going to go for the RKO, but Rollins causes a distraction on the ring apron. And that leads to Finn landing the 1916, followed by a coup de gras from the top rope for the win. After the match is over, Seth Rollins gets back in the ring and delivers a curb stomp to Riddle and tells Riddle, quote, move on, bitch. We're done. Get over it. I'm done with you. Let it go. And that was a great way to get heat but we know this feud is far from over because Seth challenged Bobby Lashley for a shot at the U.S. title next Monday and I fully expect Riddle to play a role in the outcome of that match one way or another otherwise this was a fine way to kick off the show good promo from Seth who can lean into being a face and a heel at a moment's notice Riddle being over with the people Finn Balor and Judgment Day continue to dominate in more ways than one as I move on to Dominic Mysterio cutting a very ominous promo backstage as he talks about how he's never felt more alive when he kicked Edge in the balls this past Saturday a clash of the castle vows do the same later tonight via their matchup he calls out his dad for being a tiny tiny man that casts a very large shadow and he's ready to step away from it tonight because Ray never asked Dominic what he wanted he never got to know him and that's where the resentment comes from and then Rhea Ripley enters the frame and she whispers something in Dominic's ear and he says I'm not a boy anymore I'm a man and that wraps up the promo I think that Dominic did okay I still think he's in his head a lot about what he's going to say and how he's going to say it. The more he gets comfortable, I think he will find his footing in terms of cutting promos that resonate emotionally. And the one habit that Dominic needs to break is the snarling during his promos. He thinks snarling equals being a good heel. No, it's just a bad tick to have and he's got to stop it because I can't take him seriously when he snarls to get a reaction. Let your words do the work. Let your face relax and do what it does best when you emotionally connect with what you're saying. The more he's in the storyline, I think he'll get better. Week one jitters is okay, but he's got to lock in on the mic to really make this move to Judgment Day work at the end of the day. Next up is a rematch for the Women's Tag Team Championship involving Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Dakota Kai and Neo Sky. And two weeks ago, I was very frustrated with the outcome of this match because Raquel and Aaliyah won when Aaliyah pinned Dakota Kai, the illegal woman in this match. And this time around, WWE says, you know what? We're not going to swerve 
review this time. We're going to give you the finish you should have got two weeks ago with Io Sky and Dakota Kai winning the women's tag team titles. Aaliyah was isolated from Raquel for most of this match. Raquel gets the hot tag, goes after Io Sky and Dakota Kai, but throwing Kai into Sky at one point, delivers the elbow drop to Dakota as well. And she goes to lift up Io Sky after Io goes for her Karana, but Raquel overpowers her. They tumble out of the ring via a Hester's spot. Bailey's at ringside causing trouble as Leah lands a floating X factor for the win. But Bailey puts Dakota Kai's feet on the ropes to break up the pin count. And from there, Raquel Rodriguez stalks Bailey at ringside. EO wipes out Raquel with a moonsault on the outside, which allows Dakota Kai to hit the chiropractor on Aaliyah to become the new women's tag team champions. It's two weeks too late, but better late than never, as EO Sky and Dakota Kai should be the champs to give some much needed credibility to damage control alongside Bailey. They get the pyro celebration to wrap up the segment. And I just felt like we needed this in Pittsburgh prior to Clash of the Castle to give damage control that punch credibility heading to their six women tag team match against Bianca Belair, Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss and Asuka. We got it now. And now we await the return of Sasha Banks and Naomi, which has been teased a lot as of late. We know it's coming. We just don't know when. And at first we thought, well, if you're going to give the belts to Raquel and Aaliyah, it's a way to delay things for now. But now you got it on Eosky and Dakota Kai. The return must be fairly soon. It could happen between now and Extreme Rules in Philly. But let's not forget there will be a Monday Night Raw going down live in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center on October 10th, which will serve as the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. And I expect a lot of returns and surprises that night. And Sasha and Naomi could be one of them when it's all said and done. But as always, we shall see as we move on to the best match from last night's show. It was Johnny Gagano versus Chad Gable. This match was excellent. This was professional wrestling at its best. Johnny Wrestling has not wrestled in a wrestling ring in almost 10 months, and he has not missed a beat. Chad Gable is incredible. The grappling, the transitions, the counters early on was fantastic. Gable is so great at everything. And Johnny Gagano is equally as amazing as we go to commercial break with Gagano wiping out Gable with a seton on the outside. We come back and Gable's in control for a bit as he grounds Johnny wrestling for a while. Johnny comes through the slingshot spear through the ropes on Gable for a near fall. Gable responds by lifting up Gagano with a cliffhanger DDT followed by an absolutely stunning ocean cyclone suplex called by Corey Graves. That's a goddamn rarity calling out a beautiful move like that on commentary. He would not have done that a month ago, but it was a spectacular spot. The height, the elevation, the execution by Gable to Gargano was just a chef's kiss. From there, both men are trading strikes and kicks until Gargano lands the Gargano escape on Gable. Gable is going to transition that into an ankle lock to make Johnny tap out. Johnny is not going to give in as the actress spills on the outside. As Gargano lands a tope that wipes out Otis over the announce table and takes out Gable as well before landing one final beat that slingshot DDT on Gable for the win. A great wrestling match. Johnny Wrestling lives up to his namesake. Nine months away from the game, he delivers this match. Chad Gable is spectacular in every way. I want more from these two very soon. But the happy ending did not last long as Austin Theory attacks Gagano from behind with the Money in the Bank briefcase as we go to commercial break. We come back and Theory's in the ring cutting a promo about being better than Johnny Wrestling, being better than everyone in WWE because he's the future. He's the youngest Mr. Money in the Bank of all time. And as he goes on and on and on, Kevin Owens comes through and he says, listen, we know who you are, but things 
are no longer going to be handed to you in WWE. You're no longer the chosen one. You're no longer the anointed one. You got to work for it now. You got to earn your keep around these parts. And Theory scoffs at this saying, I've done more in five months than you and Johnny Wrestling have done in five years. So I don't need to listen to you. And Kevin Owens gets in that ring. And I think he might have cut the promo of 2022 in WWE. And I thought he did it a couple of weeks ago against Drew McIntyre. This promo was absolutely remarkable to see and hear as KO went off on theory saying, like you, I was given things on a silver platter. You, Mr. Money in the Bank, me, I was given the Universal Championship at Triple H six years ago. I didn't earn it. It was given to me. So I can understand what it means to be gifted something that you really don't deserve. But that's where our similarities end because guys like you, hundreds of you, in fact, have walked through these doors over the last 20 years. You got the look, you got the total package, but you are just a dime a dozen. You don't last. But guys like myself and Johnny Gargano, we're one in a million. We changed the system from within. And because of that, we need more of us and less of you because you, you are an appendix. You are expendable. We are not. We are the lifeblood of this business because we stand out. A handful of us can change everything of what it means to be a wrestler, of what it takes to be a champion at the highest level. And you say... That's you. And I've seen you up close and personal. I don't see it yet. It doesn't mean it won't happen for you, but you got to stop living for moments that are given to you and start working for them and earning them and making them actually count. Because maybe honesty is what you need to look in the mirror and say, maybe I'm not good enough yet, but the passion and the drive to be better will make you better. It will make you want this just as much as I do. So prove me wrong. Prove to me that you can be the face of this place. Prove to me you have what it takes to be the biggest star in WWE. Show me who you can be. Versus what's been given to you so far. And Theory flexes his muscles, says, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I just got myself. And Kevin Owens says, okay, if you don't want to listen to me, then I'll slap some sense into you, which he did physically. They get into a very physical brawl. At one point, Kevin Owens rocks that dude with the right hand. And Austin Theory comes up bloody. The crowd boos when referees and security break things up. And Kevin Owens says, huh, the broken nose, that's just a start, bitch come back for more, which sets up Theory versus Owens next Monday on Raw. I thought this was an absolutely incredible segment carried by Kevin Owens. This man in the last month or so is back to being who he was on NXT and when he was hitting his stride on the main roster five or six years ago. He's locked in as a prize fighter, a babyface who is absolutely beloved by the people and his words carry meaning and weight. And what I love about Kevin Owens is the fact that you can talk loudly, but there's passion with everything that you have to say. You're not yelling for the sake to yell. You're saying everything from your soul, from your gut. And you're trying to have that resonate with a guy that has been given everything thus far. That does give you Drew McIntyre 09 vibes of it's too much too soon. With Theory, he is starting to come into his own as a guy that can be somebody without being pushed down our throats every single week. He's got the smug troll face down. The arrogance is on point and he got fired up when he got slapped by Kevin Owens. You need that. You need to show that fire to say, I'm not going to be punked out by you. I know who I am, and I'm going to go after what I want. 
and that's the energy we need for next week's match. Their match last week was good. Next week's match is going to be even better because now it has a height of intensity that did not exist before. There's layers to this that could have money in the bank ramifications. Johnny Gagano is in this picture as well. It could be a setup for a match for that briefcase at Extreme Rules between Kevin Owens, Johnny Wrestling, and Austin Theory. Make it a ladder match. If Paul Levesque has buyer's remorse about Theory being Mr. Money in the Bank, here's a chance to rectify it. If you think it's too much too soon, here's a way to get out of it in a very clean way. It reminds me of the G1 Climax, that the briefcase can be put up in a few defenses. It's not happening this year with Okada, but in this case, why not? Gamble. Take a risk. If you want to redo what happened at Money in the Bank, give it to Gargano, give it to Owens. I'm fine with it. Theory, he's a past heel right now. If you want more for him, build him up from the roots up. Maybe the briefcase is going to be an albatross around his neck for a bit, and it's time to cut bait. We'll see how they go, but I just feel like there's going to be implications for this briefcase in due time involving Owens and Gargano between now and Extreme Rules, and I'm here for it because Owens set the table beautifully by cutting arguably one of the best promos across any promotion in 2022, which is saying a lot because the promo work has been pretty fucking good this year across all of professional wrestling. Next up is Bianca Belair's open challenge for the Raw Women's Championship. And who answers the call? But none other than Sonya Deville, because Sonya blames Bianca Belair for losing her job as WWE official. And Bianca tells Sonya, this is an open challenge, not open mic. And I hollered because I immediately thought of Brandy Rhodes and her epic promo on Jay Cargill nearly two years ago on Dynamite saying, who told you this was open mic night, bitch? Iconic line, unforgettable. And I thought about that during this segment as we go to Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville for the Raw Women's Championship. And this match was fine. A little rough in spots as Sonya dominated the majority of this match with her striking and ground game of Bianca Belair countering Bianca's high-flying offense by delivering knee strikes throughout one from the top rope that rocked Bianca up and down for a near fall. But Bianca powers through and she she lands a suplex, floats through into another, but ultimately she is going to climb over Sonya Deville rope by rope and land the KOD on Sonya for the win. After the match is over, Bailey comes out to confront Bianca Belair and she brags about beating Bianca Belair, Clash of the Castle, the only woman to pin Bianca Belair for the three count for the first time in 300 days and she wants a shot at that Raw Women's Championship to really have full control of the Raw Women's Division. Bianca Belair is ready for a fight, but we got the brand new women's tag team champs. EO Sky and Dakota Kai circling the ringside area and they jump Bianca Belair and Bailey joins in on the fun until Asuka and Alexa Bliss make the save as Alexa Bliss knocks out EO Sky and Asuka is going to drop Dakota with a knee strike to the face and Bianca Belair is going to recover and land a spine buster on Bailey as the baby faces stand tall to wrap up this segment as this feud must continue between Bailey and Bianca heading into their match presumably at Extreme Rules next month in Philadelphia and I hope that WWE remembers a step that we were supposed to get last year but due to Bailey tearing ACL it was never meant to be we need the I quit match to really cap off this feud just saying. Please remember WWE. That's what we were owed last year at Money in the Bank, and it did not happen. But Extreme Rules would be a more fitting venue and place for that match to go down in a few weeks' time on Peacock. And now it is time for Stalking the Miz, starring Dexter Loomis. So we're at Manamar Miz in California, Thousand Oaks, and it's the Miz alongside Maurice and their kids. Madison and Monroe, adorable family, of course. And Miz and Marisa going out on the town, and Miz is still dodgy about Dexter Loomis kidnapping him a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. So 
outside of the house, Dexter Loomis is stalking the window, staring at the Miz, unbeknownst to Miz and Maurice. They leave the house for some kind of gala. Maurice looks stunning in a sequin gown, all black, decked out, thigh out. Gotta love it. They drive away and Dexter's in the house, physically in the house, drawing a picture of Ms. Maurice and the two little girls. Creepy as fuck. The end. <laughs> Creepier than The Fiend breaking in two years ago. But I digress. And now it is time for our main event starring Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio tried to tell Edge, please don't hurt my son. He didn't mean it. And Edge says, listen, he's grown enough to take this ass whooping. I got to do it. If anyone's going to knock some sense into him out of love, it should be me. I got this. Sorry, Ray. Got to do what I got to do. So Edge is going to beat down Dominic early on. I mean, he beats his ass with shots in the corner, boots to the face. He is handling that business. Rhea Ripley does cause a bit of distraction going after the injured left leg of Edge, which allows Dominic to gain control for a bit. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Dominic Mysterio is still in control of things. And he's trying to pull out those three amigos in honor of his uncle, Eddie Guerrero, and his in Sterling father from back in the day. These three amigos were terrible. Logan fucking Paul did better three amigos than Dominic Mysterio. That's really saying something. Thankfully, the frog splash saved things. But if you can't pay homage to Eddie, don't try. Leave it to Sasha Banks and Logan Paul and the end and Ray Phoenix and Santana <laughs> from AEW. Just, just stop Dominic. It was not pretty last night. Practice more on that in honor of Eddie Guerrero, but I'm going to move on to Edge getting back on office with a flapjack followed by the edge matic and an Impaler DDT for two. He goes up top to suplex Dominic, but Rhea holds Dom back and Edge falls over and Dominic's going for a figure for a leg lock. Eventually Edge regains control by tying Dominic into the ring ropes and he's going to whoop that ass, punch him, lay him out for a bit slap him around goes for a spear ray steps in to stop this from happening and edge is going to push ray out of the way but this allows judgment day to swarm the ring as damian priest wipes out dom at ringside finn balor wearing a purple bandana over his head for reasons i don't get attacks edge for the dq and from there this is a gang warfare beatdown by judgment day dominic takes a steel chair to edge's leg repeatedly over and over and over again until it's bent beyond recognition Rhea laughs and smiles at her guy doing her bidding and then in a sixth spot finn balor is going to crush the leg wrapped around a steel chair with the nastiest coup de gras ever as that leg went bent and crunchy in an angle that was very uncomfortable to watch it was all a work but still it looked like it hurt and the show ends with judgment day standing tall ray laid out at ringside and i love judgment day the reloaded judgment day is working for me the spookiness is gone damien speaking in his normal voice brooding and sexy as ever finn balor is a goddamn fantastic heel the bandana took me out he was serving little bullet club og style rhea ripley is the best as Poppy and Dominic Mysterio serves his purpose in this crew as well. This is a faction that I'm fucking with now. I like it a lot. The music, the presentation, this is Judgment Day. This is Finn Balor in his element as a guy that wants to do this as a heel. He had a blast on NXT, Broadway for him to be himself, to be brooding, to be a heel, to be a bastard. And now he gets to do this on the main roster about fucking time. We've been begging for this. I've been begging for him to have a fucking club for five years. And we're a little bit late behind the curve here, but it's happening. And it took a while for this crew to find their footing. They're getting legit heel heat. 
The promos are better. They're presented as a badass crew that should be feared. And they're giving Ray and Edge the business every single week. That's what I love. And it's going to add spice to this feud. Beth might be back in the fold very soon as well to fight for her man as he's out with a leg injury. But you need more pieces to this puzzle. The numbers game is definitely in Judgment Day's favor. And this is a faction-heavy company right now. And I expect more factions to give them a run for their money heading to the heart of the fall season. So all in all, this is a very good way to wrap up the show with some heat in Portland, Oregon. Overall, I thought that Monday Night Raw was another solid show. Every hour counted some good wrestling throughout. An outstanding promo by Kevin Owens on Austin Theory. On top of that, Omos destroyed two local yokels in about a minute. But we had some technical difficulties for reasons from USA's end. That was a rarity to have a technical difficulties. Please stand by banner on the screen, but we got through it fine. And the main event was great heat by Judgment Day beating down Edge and Rey Mysterio as Dominic continues to find his footing in this crew as a heel. And I think the more he gets comfortable, the better he'll be. But as always, we shall see. And we'll see how the numbers fare today against Monday Night Football, not only on ABC with ESPN and ESPN2 with the Payne and Eli feed and the Emmys were on at the same time as well so there's a lot of competition coming at Monday Night Raw if they drop a little that's a victory if they drop a lot it is what it is but if they maintain any way that's a big win for WWE but we'll see how those numbers shake out later this afternoon and on that note this wraps up episode number 138 of the Raw Verdict recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show Monday Night Raw I hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestletopia they can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw NXT 2.0 AEW Dynamite Friday Night Smackdown on Fox and AEW Rampage on TNT you know what to do so Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 86 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand as 2.0 turns 1. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.